Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Congratulations, true crime addicts. We've survived another week. It is Friday, May 19th. 2023. This week, 15-year-old girl rescued six years after being abducted. Lori Vallow has been indicted for yet another murder. And why was Noam Chomsky meeting with Jeffrey Epstein? And who the hell is Noam Chomsky? All this and more. Stay tuned. Yes. Super excited. We are all pumped to have James Renner. James Renner. James Renner has zeroed in. James Renner is once again Drops a bombshell. Investigative journalist reporter James Renner, who's been on the podcast a long time. All right, here we go. It's a crazy week. Hey, I I am actually heading out later this morning, getting on a plane. I'm flying out to Arkansas for the True Crime Fest NWA, which is not the rapper group, but a uh, really cool convention that's happening in Arkansas Saturday. So if you're in the area, check it out. You should have already gotten tickets, but I'm sure you can still come. Uh, come on down. It'll be, a, it'll be a fun time. And thank you for tuning in to True Crime This Week. Uh, reviews help. Reviews help. Reviews keep us in business. If you get some time, throw us some stars. If not, tell a friend or two that you like the cut of my jib. Send them on over. Let's get to the top stories. Uh, you remember, remember watching Unsolved Mysteries, and you're and it's itching closer to the to like nine o'clock. It starts at eight on Wednesdays, right? Isn't that isn't that when it was on? And then it it's getting closer to nine, but they're wrapping up the final story, and you realize, oh my gosh, they've got five minutes left. I know what this means. That's right. And then he'd come on Robert Stack, and you'd hear that it'd be real creepy, but he'd come on and he'd go update. Well, I've got an Unsolved Mysteries update this week. Uh, Kayla Unbihun, her last name is Unbihun, was found alive and well last Saturday, according to The Guardian. Kayla was abducted six years ago by her mother, Heather Unabun. Her parents had divorced, and the mother apparently didn't want to share custody. They were living in Illinois at the time of the abduction. Now, this case was featured in Unsolved Mysteries that last season that came out last year. If you're, if you're an Unsolved Mysteries freak like I am, you saw, you saw Kayla, you saw the case, you know all about this. What a great ending to the story. Let me get through it, though. When Kayla's dad... Uh, well, let me back up a little bit. In 2017, Heather, that's her mom, took Kayla, who was nine years old at the time, to a 4th of July parade 
and then told relatives that she was taking the girl out of town to go camping, but they'd be back the next day. When Kayla's dad, Ryan Iskirka, went to pick her up, they weren't there, and Heather had turned off her phone and deleted her social media accounts. What a nightmare for a dad, right? Could you imagine? Kayla's abduction, like I said, was featured on Unsolved Mysteries. Last Saturday, a woman working at a consignment shop in Asheville, North Carolina, recognized Kayla and called the police because she had watched Unsolved Mysteries. Once police verified that the girl was indeed Kayla, they promptly arrested her mother. She was able to pay a bond and be released in North Carolina, which is odd. You know, you, you think that kidnapping and keeping somebody for six years, you wouldn't get bonded. But anyway, she got out. Don't worry, though. She turned herself in yesterday to authorities in Illinois. She's being held there without bond. She's not going anywhere. Kayla has since been reunited with her dad. Here they are. Isn't that nice? Um, what, what a story this girl has to tell when she's ready, right? That's a book I would read. Like, what happened for those six years? Did the girl see herself on TV? You know, you have to stay off the books when you're on the lamb like that. So they couldn't have been making much money. Heather must not have, you know, she had to have been working under the table. So what's that story? I want to hear more about that. But anyways, that's the update. Nice to have a happy ending for once. Remember Lori Vallow? <laughs> Lori Vallow is having a bad week, and I'm here for it. Uh, let's catch you up, though. So Lori Vallow, she's basically the female equivalent of Alex Murdoch. Uh, maybe they'll meet in prison one day. I don't know how the prison system works, whether you can transfer state to state or what. But um, wouldn't that be weird? Once upon a time... Lori Vallow was happily married to Charles Vallow. Here they are. A lovely young couple. Looks typical, right? Charles stepped up and helped Lori raise a daughter, Tylee, from a previous marriage. This all coming from, uh, uh, according to CBS News. Then in 2014, Charles and Lori adopted a boy named J.J., now, J.J. was actually the grandson of Charles's sister. Some of these relationships get complicated in this story. It's one of those. J.J. was on the autism spectrum. Sometime around 2017, Lori started getting into these books. She found these, the series of books by doomsday author Chad Daybell. And although Lori and Chad were married, they started hooking up. And then started a religious podcast together, as you do. Chad believed that some people in this world are actually zombies. And their souls had been replaced by dark spirits. You know, I feel like that sometimes when I wake up. But after a cup of coffee, I, feel, I, I tend to feel better. But I understand where he's going. Lori began to think her husband Charles was actually a demon. These people live among us, by the way. There are people like Lori that we've never heard of because they, they don't really kill anybody. But they could be your next door neighbor. Bonkos crazy, living right next to you. Eventually, Charles filed for a divorce, fearing for his safety and the safety of his kids. Then Lori's brother, 
guy named Alex Cox shot and killed Charles, in, he says, in self-defense when he dropped off the kids one day. Fast forward to September 2019. Tylee, that's the daughter, vanishes during a trip to Yellowstone with Lori and Alex. That would be her uncle, Lori's brother. The one that killed Charles, you know. But then Lori believed that her, uh, by then, I should say, Lori was telling people that her daughter, Ty Lee, was also a zombie. A couple weeks later, JJ disappears too. Lori tells people that JJ was a zombie and uh, her brother had to take him away. A couple weeks later, Chad's wife dies. Remember him? He's the author. He's hooking up with Lori. Chad's wife dies in bed. She's not that old. But when they come and collect her body, Chad declines an autopsy. So her death appeared to be natural causes. They couldn't find any sort of violence or, or foul play on the surface. I don't know if they ever did toxicology. I'm assuming not since there wasn't an autopsy. Two weeks later, Chad and Lori got married. By then, relatives realized they hadn't seen Lori's kids in a while and they went to the police. While investigators searched, Lori and Chad took a vacation to Hawaii. That's kind of when I started paying attention to the story. Remember those pictures of them in Hawaii sipping Mai Tais while nobody could find their kids? Police were like, look, either show us where these kids are or you're going to jail. And Lori was just like, meh. And in all her of her booking picture, photos, the so-called mugshots, she's got that grin, you know, that self-satisfied, religious, you know, brainwashed grin. Really creepy. So they arrested Lori because she wasn't saying anything. Finally, they discovered the children's bodies buried on Chad's property. Which brings us to last Friday, when a jury found Lori guilty of murdering JJ and Ty Lee. She faces life in prison. But wait, there's more. Okay, We're, we're glad she's getting some justice for JJ and, and Ty Lee. That, was, that would have been news itself. She still would have been on this program, but there's more. Yesterday, Lori was indicted for yet another murder. Hey guys, I'm doing this correction from the airport. Um, I am on my way to uh, Arkansas, but hey, um, the James Renner that uh, did the show earlier today uh, was uh, an idiot. Um, Brandon Bordeaux is not dead. Uh, Lori Vallow has been charged with part of this conspiracy to attempt to kill him. Her brother, Alex um, Cox, was the one that uh, tried to shoot and kill Brandon Bordeaux. He missed. Brandon's still alive, so he's involved in this whole thing, too. So I uh, just wanted to correct that real quick. Brandon Bordeaux is not dead and uh, will be at this trial coming up, I'm sure. This this whole thing, um, one of my favorite episodes of the X-Files was this episode called Folly Adieu, which is French for um, Folly Adieu. And it, it's, when, <laughs> it's when two people kind of go crazy together. One, one's already crazy, the other one brings them into his delusion, and that's kind of what happened with Chad and Lori, I think. And then it kind of filtered out to her brother and other people. But... Uh, Stay away from crazy, people. Stay away from crazy.
final story this week uh, in our top stories, and then we have some cold case updates, some good stuff at the end of, uh, you know, after the break. So stick around. Uh, a final top story, an interesting development this week in the Idaho murders case. Suspect Brian Koberger was indicted by a secret grand jury on Tuesday. This according to NBC News. And if there's anything I like more than a grand jury, it's a secret grand jury. Let me explain why this is kind of a big deal. First of all, a refresher. Someone entered a house shared by several University of Idaho students on November 13, 2022, and murdered Madison Mogan, Kaylee Guncalvis, Zana Kernodal, and Ethan Chapin. On December 30th, 28-year-old Brian Koberger was arrested on four counts of first-degree murder. He was studying criminology at, at a school less than eight miles from where these students were killed. DNA on a knife sheath left of the crime scene was linked to Koberger, probably through genetic genealogy, although they're, they're staying mum about that right now. So, and if it was genetic genealogy, it was like record time there. So anyways, um, Brian's been stewing in jail ever since, and he was due to appear in court for what's called a preliminary hearing in June. And the way preliminary hearings work for cases like this is the state, the prosecutors would have had to produce witnesses, and the defense attorney could have um, cross-examined them, but they would have had to identify some of their witnesses. But Tuesday, they announced that a secret grand jury had issued an indictment it caught, caught a lot of people by surprise. A grand jury indictment allows them to forego this preliminary hearing. Why would they do this, you ask? Well, um, the answer seems to be that they want to keep their witnesses and some of the evidence secret until closer to the trial. But why? Well, it's pretty obvious when you look at it. Prosecutors are arguing that the witnesses could face harassment and intimidation if their names are revealed before the trial. You only have to look at the dumpster fire that is true crime TikTok to see what they're talking about. Before Koberger's arrest, there were all these true crime sleuths. Um, I know pot, kettle, kettle pot, whatever. Um, <laughs> but there were, there were untrained People on TikTok just naming people. They're like, yeah, he, th this guy totally did it. Or this guy totally did it. But, you know, it was Brian Koberger all the time. They hurt a lot of people in the process. That's what was would have happened. So just like in the Delphi case, this is going to become more and more common because of social media, because of TikTok, because of armchair sleuths doing their thing. Uh, the justice system will, is becoming a lot quieter. Not a good thing in the long run. So, uh, anyways, Koberger is going to face trial probably later this year. Could be early 2024, depending on how things go. The wheels of justice turn slowly. And after the break, uh, I got to tell you about this very sad news about Noam Chomsky and Epstein. I got to tell you all about that. There's a really weird case out of Canada I want to I wanna talk to you about. Lots more to come. I'll be back in two and two with more true crime this week. Please hang up and try again. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. 
Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Alexa Doubt with The Porchlight Project, a new nonprofit dedicated to funding DNA testing and genetic genealogy for cold cases in the state of Ohio. For our first case, we assisted the Cuyahoga Falls Police Department funding new DNA tests on evidence from the 1987 unsolved murder of 17-year-old Barbara Blatnick. That information was given to expert genealogists who traced the genetic markers to a man named James Zastonic, who was arrested in May of 2020 and charged with Barb's murder. Our goal at the Porchlight Project is to entirely fund three to four cold case investigations every year. Each new case costs about $6,000 to complete, which is a small price to pay for closure. The Porchlight Project relies on generous donations from the public. Even $5 can help us solve a murder. For more information on how to help, please visit porchlightonline.org. And we're back with Needles and Pins starring Norman Fell. The list of former clients of Jeffrey Epstein continued to trickle in. This week, we learned that cunning linguist Noam Chomsky met with Epstein after he'd already been labeled a pedo. And Epstein helped Chomsky then transfer $250,000, roughly a quarter of a million dollars if you're keeping track, into a new bank account. If you don't know Noam Chomsky, you should. He's kind of a hero of mine, so it's very disappointing to see all this. He's written books on linguistics. He's a political activist. He's mostly known for this book called Manufacturing Consent, which is a book about how mass media can be used as propaganda, which was totally prescient for what's going on now, even though it was written like 100 years ago. He also believes that the system for language is somehow pre-built inside each of us at birth. Very interesting. Like, we're hardwired for language. Apparently, Chomsky went to dinner once with uh, Jeffrey Epstein 
and Woody Allen. Oh, to be a fly on the wall, right? Like, what were they talking about? Woody Allen's name doesn't surprise me. If you've seen Manhattan, but Chomsky's name surprises me. He and Chomsky, he's claiming that this is all just a misunderstanding. He says he needed help transferring money from one bank account to another in order to fix some sort of financial complications due to the death of his wife. But any accountant could have done that for him. Accountants that aren't pedophiles, right? So my question is, what was Epstein's cut for doing this? He's an accountant. Let's say, let's say ballpark, his cut was 5%. 5% of $250,000. And I'm no math genius, but it's $12,500. This is an appearance of impropriety, right? Because if it was that easy of a transfer, if it was just moving it from one account to another, this sure as hell looks like a clever ploy to pay someone for doing, um, you know, for services rendered, shall we say. And if Epstein did it for free, if Chomsky didn't pay him for making that transaction, that raises questions too. What's Epstein doing working for Chomsky for free? I don't like it. I don't like I'm going to go on, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say something crazy here. I don't like it. One bit. Elizabeth Chow was 19 years old when she disappeared from Ealing, West London. This was in April of 1999. Now, this week, one of England's most notorious serial killers has confessed to her murder and to burying her in a park. That's not the entire story here. That's not what we're going to focus on this week, though. But a little more background. Levi Belfield is this guy's name, the serial killer. He's already been convicted of murdering 13-year-old Millie Dowler, 19-year-old Marsha McDonnell, and 22-year-old Amelie Delagrange, all of which occurred between 2002 and 2004. So Elizabeth Chow would have been his first victim. Last week, Belfield handed police a map where he circled the dig site that they should go to, where he said he buried Elizabeth's body. But police aren't digging. And Chow's family is beside themselves, which I would be too. They say police have known about Belfield's confession since last October and seem to be in no real hurry to dig up the body that's in that park, allegedly. You know, it's, it's still possible that he's spinning yarns, trying to get preferential treatment in prison, but this does fit his MO. You know, I, if I, you know, not... If that was a relative of mine, like... Here's what, I, here's what I'd love to see happen. Like, what would happen if, if Chow's parents just went on social media and asked like 100 people to show up at that park with shovels? It's terrible, but if the police aren't doing it, what's, you know, why not, right? They can't arrest everybody. They're not going to arrest the parents of a kid whose body might be there, and they're trying to solve this case that the police aren't working on. So I'd love to see something like that happen if the police drag their feet for... Any, any more time. Police in Calgary, Alberta, that's Canada, folks, they say human remains found in Banff. I always want there to be a vowel there in Banff. It goes B-A-N-F-F. -F. I want it to be like Banff or something. I just don't like that N with the double. Anyways, they say human remains found in Banff, National Park last week have been identified as those of 69-year-old Vita Smith, 
a woman who went missing in 2020. This case is stranger than it appears on the surface because a man is already sitting in prison for her murder. He was convicted on a rare no-body homicide case. And that's her, that. The man that's in prison is her business par partner, Chris Lee. He was charged with her murder in July 2020, only like two weeks after she disappeared. He was convicted of her murder in 2022. And then before his sentencing, possibly to cut a better deal, he reportedly took police to a location in the mountains where he said he disposed of her body, according to CBC. And the reason they're just finding her now is because up there, the weather is such that the ground is just thawing right now. So they had to wait this long, I'm sure. Oh, uh, by the way, what sort of business was she in with this Chris Lee? They were blackjack card counters. That's what they did for a living. And the reason he killed her, he says, is that she was going to tell... Well, here's what happened. They met up at this, this park and he got in her car or she got in his car and she, she, what she was going to do is sell uh, Chris, her, her ex-husband's old passport. And why? She was going to sell this old pass passport to Chris for $10,000 so Chris could use it to get into some casinos that he had been banned from for counting cards. And instead, she brought a birth certificate, which you, the passport can work. Birth certificate's going to look weird. He, he got pissed off. She tried to take the $10,000, he says, and then he killed her. So anyways, in the end, after all that, all that blackjack and all that money, uh, he, he went bust. Is this thing on? Here's the weird news this week, and I'm about to ruin your good mood if you're in a good mood, because this story made me feel incensed. 44-year-old Michael Povado was sentenced in Texas this week for locking his 17-year-old daughter, stepdaughter, sorry, his 17-year-old stepdaughter in a shed behind his home where he kept her for more than a year. While locked in the shed, he reportedly sexually assaulted her repeatedly. He faced life in prison for all this. So what was his sentence? Hold on to your butts. He got probation. Probation. I know. I know. Let it sink in. 17-year-old. Locked in a shed for more than a year. Sexually assaulted, he gets probation. Why? Well, I, I have a theory. I have a theory, and it's not that the, the judge here might not be corrupt. I have a theory. So, first of all, you have to understand that, that Michael pleaded down from um, the, the biggest charges where he was facing life in prison. He, he negotiated a plea deal with prosecutors that would have gotten him a third-degree felony for prohibited sex contact, bringing that uh, time in prison down to 10 years. So he's, instead of life, he had already bargained down to a 10-year sentence, bargained down to a third-degree felony. Judges sometimes don't like that because they are limited in how they can sentence a person based on the charges provided. So this was a heinous crime. It was up to the prosecutor not to cut a plea deal like that and go from life down to 10 years. So the judge here might be trying to 
make a point. And like, if you're going to bring me these terrible, terrible people, stick with the charge. Don't plead down to some stupid thing where I'm forced to give them a couple years on face value and then probation. That might be what's going on here. I saw it happen recently, a case in D.C., where a guy had pleaded down possible 20, 25-year, 20-year sentence for sex abuse down to um, misdemeanor assault and walked out with probation after three years. So I think that might be what's going on. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. In pop culture this week, we got a new documentary, and I think you should check it out. It's a three-part documentary series. It premieres on Max this Tuesday, and it's called How to Create a Sex Scandal. Here's the write-up. The story follows the, uh, f- follows the story of a peaceful town in Mineola, Texas, which was rocked in 2005 when neighborhood kids came forward with alarming information about a pedophile sex ring that operated out of a swingers club. Reporter Michael Hall from Texas Monthly uncovered the twists of this story. Children were saying, they were telling police that they were put through a sex kindergarten in a trailer outside a swingers club in Mineola, in which they were drugged and forced to dance. If this reminds you a little bit of the 80s satanic panic, it should. This might be a little mass hysteria going on. I think you see where this this documentary is going. It's a three-part series. You should check it out. It's produced by my friends at Talos Films, who did an excellent job on the Amy Mihalovic documentary, by the way. So I know they do good work. Uh, so check it out. Uh, How to Create a Sex Scandal. Uh, the book this week. Let's go to the bookshelf. If you have a true crime book that's coming out, send it to me, Uncle Jim. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy James, Jimmy Sides, as they used to call me, Vitamin J. Uh, I'm easy to find. Uh, shoot me an email. I'll give you my address, and uh, you can come stalk me but or, or send me a book. This week's book is called Who Killed Jane Stanford? Yes, of Stanford University. A Gilded Age Tale of Murder, Deceit, Spirits, and the Birth of a University. Here's the write-up. In 1885, Jane and Leland Stanford co-founded a university to honor their recently deceased young son. After her, hus- after her husband's death in 1893, Jane Stanford, a devoted spiritualist who expected the university to inculcate her values, steered Stanford into eccentricity and public controversy for more than a decade. In 1905, she was murdered in Hawaii, a victim according to the Honolulu coroner's jury of strict nine poisoning. That used to happen a lot back then. With her vast fortune, the, I, when was the last time somebody was killed with strict nine poisoning? It might be making a comeback. I don't know. With her vast fortune, the university's lifeline, the Stanford president and his allies quickly sought to foreclose challenges to her bequests by constructing a story of death by natural causes. She naturally ingested that strychnine, they said. The cover-up gained traction in the murky labyrinths of power, wealth, and corruption of Gilded Age San Francisco, and the murderer walked. Deftly sifting the scattered evidence and conflicting stories of suspects and witnesses, author Richard White gives us the first full account of Jane Stanford's murder and its cover-up. There's a lot of tea in here. Check it out. 
Who Killed Jane Stanford? And uh, that's True Crime this week. Guys, I am off to Arkansas. Come see me at the True Crime Fest or later this summer. I've got the, uh, you know, by the way, my new book, Little Crazy Children. You can pre-order it right now, anywhere books are sold. So, yeah. Uh, and that's it. So enjoy the weekend. Weekend's always reason to celebrate. In the words of the incomparable, Murray Saul, the godfather of Cleveland Radio, that means we got to, 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 get down, damn it. True Crime This Week is a fearful symmetry production. Photo and artwork are licensed through Shutterstock. If you like the cut of my jib, I have another podcast you might enjoy called The Philosophy of Crime, in which I attempt to solve the big question. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. ...behind our true crime obsession by looking to philosophy for answers. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Sit, Brownie, sit. Good dog.